Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode. I think it is number nine of Modern Slackers, the five modern pillars to success. Today, we are talking about our fans' favorite fucking topic, which is crypto. And I play devil's advocate. And Dylan, go ahead and introduce yourself. I don't think you need to at this point. Yeah, no, thanks, John, for having me on. Um, so I guess I'm a, the crypto nerd. Uh, yes. Basically, I, uh, I, run a, I run a couple of businesses, one helping crypto experts turn their knowledge into a sustainable and scalable uh, consulting business in the space because education in the space is essential. So hopefully you'll get some good education today on crypto and what it is, what about it. And yeah. hopefully John plays a good devil's advocate there. And I also have a little foundational course for people who um, want to learn and want to build a foundation because that's one of the key things I always go back to is always, always, always build your foundation first, especially in a new area um, rather yep. than just like diving in and going YOLO. You know, maybe it work out for you all right, but I think it's always important to have that foundation, the fundamentals, and then build from there. Okay. And here's a good example. I lost $250,000 in one year because I yeah. didn't build the fundamentals. So yeah. I, 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 I notoriously hate crypto, but I actually yeah. opened a Swand account and dumped 350000 into it. So I did that for you, Dylan. That was my right. gift to you. My gift to you. for me. <laughs> You, you actually, I, took a, I lost some money and I was like, I, I mean, what? in the short term, not, in the short term. I'm not, yeah. I'm not looking at it. And I think that's where people speculators is, are coming in really hardcore and they're just, so I, I, I pulled up this Forbes article and I have some yeah. key takeaways. So this is kind okay. of just some rapid fire um, Forbes. They, their title was why you should not invest in the crypto. So this is where I think you're going to, they're going to have a lot to say. So uh, the first one is Bitcoin is still incredibly volatile. Okay. Volatile. So that's what is a, your response to that? It is volatile, um, okay. just like you experienced. And so that's why the fundamentals are so important and understanding what it is, why it's important and how it fits into your own personal investing strategy. Let's talk because, about those fundamentals a little bit. Let's yeah. Just, so one of the fundamentals that makes Bitcoin so volatile is it's a it's been around 13 years. Um it's a growing asset class. It's growing faster than the internet was in 1997. Double the pace. So without these are facts. Yeah. So you can look them up. You know, if the, you know, just keep them as ranges. Always do your own research on this. But at about 200 to 300 million users worldwide for crypto, um, Bitcoin's kind of 100 to 200 or so. Uh, it's growing double the speed of the internet was in 1997, and we see how big and how important the internet is today. So when you get something that's growing that fast. It's trying to find, it's in basically price discovery mode. It's trying to find its place in the market. So the market doesn't fully know how to evaluate it and devalue it. Combine that with the fact that Bitcoin is a 24-7, 365 global um, asset that can be traded. That's significantly more time than the current global markets. And I don't know the, I don't have the math off the top of my head, but you can do it on, uh, on a piece of paper sure, to compare sure. what the you know, nine to four trading hours of the traditional markets are, five right. days versus the 24-7, 365. So you get a substantial increase in the amount of trading time. Another factor, we're all okay. connected to our cell phones. We sure right? are. We're, we're plugged in now more than ever. And the media and the information, the rate that's coming at us is so fast. And it's playing with how we perceive things. When you're looking down at your phone, typically you're not looking out around you. And so you're kind of, you're very, in a, you're in a suggestible state. And so that's any type point. of headline, things that come through, um, you can react to. And when you're reacting to something, you're reacting emotionally. And when you can react emotionally to something and immediately click a button to buy or sell, right? That can create volatility as well. So all these things are combining and adding up, plus all the stuff going on in the world and yep. the asset still being new and growing. It's only a trillion dollar asset. 
So only, <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, it's that's small by comparison. There's over 120 billion, over 120 trillion dollars in bonds that are negative yielding. So it's still very, very small relative to all the other uh, benchmarks, all the other capital it's actually aiming to um, acquire. So it's got a lot of growth. So what that, what that means is that it doesn't take a ton of money. It still takes more than lots of other cryptos, but it doesn't take a ton of money to actually move the, the price of Bitcoin. Um, and so you'll get these huge drops, huge swings. But over time, if you plot this out um, on a graph, the volatility is actually reducing. And as the asset grows, you can predict and expect the volatility to go down. It won't go down to zero. Um, yeah, volatility is not necessarily a bad thing with the, with the asset. So just knowing yeah, those things that are factors in it. Depends um, on when you're buying and selling. It does or what you're, what you're doing. Some people just trade the volatility of assets. And sure. the volatility is um, sometimes a lot of times associated with the potential upside of the asset. So um, an asset that's not very volatile, you, you're not going to have very much upside, right? It's not going to move very much um, up and down. Um, well, you mentioned so, something interesting. You said emotional. Yes. <laughs> and, and I think uh, that's where I caught myself in a very bad situation. I, you know, I took mm -hmm. a loss. I, I, I bit the bullet. I lost quite a bit of money because it was emotional loss. I, I was, yeah. I was on this ride of it was going from fifty to sixty thousand. I buy and sell, buy and sell, buy and sell until yep. it didn't, and then it dropped, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is it!" And then I, 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 I emotionally sold. So, would you say being emotionally stable to the volatility of the Bitcoin market is super important? Yeah, I think you need to know your own temperament and your own predilections when you're getting involved. And sometimes you learn the hard way, like you experienced. Oh, um, yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and so I felt it. That's why your fundamentals are so important is understanding who you are, what your goals are, and how you want to operate um, and how you want to interact with this asset's key. If you know that you're prone to kind of emotional things, then protect yourself from that. Protect yourself from yourself. Right. Don't do things that, um, or don't get involved with something that will make you feel too overwhelmed. Right or right. too stressed or too anxious with something, and if you're feeling that, you probably are overexposed. And you or you just don't have enough money to invest properly. Because I see the same thing out of traditional investors. I, I have friends that make only thirty thousand a year. That well, I want. They're not friends, but they're. <laughs> I know them, and they uh, <laughs> they try trading stocks off of what's the it stock, and then there's this like penny stock. They're all yep. oh, we're going to the moon, and it's like you know, and these are people that probably shouldn't be investing at all. And if they are, they should be investing into just Charles Schwab or someone yeah. that, you know, putting a hundred bucks a, a month into Swan Bitcoin, for example. And, exactly. and so I, I'm trying to separate the dummies from the smart people. And a lot of people are going to reject advice. And my goal with this, this is why you're back on the show. You, I think you got, I don't know, like 75,000 people tuned into your episode. Wow. So we got to really plug your links a little bit better. Um, and, and, and it was just like, we got to make sure that we're giving people the right information because everyone's talking about Bitcoin yes. and it's becoming oversaturated with the news and media outlets. You get Fox saying it's the worst thing in the world. You get CNN saying the same or different. <laughs> and then you see market research put out an article Forbes is that's what we're going to cover on. This is their yeah. article that they put out. But at the same time, you got to realize guys is that there's always going whenever there's an it factor of anything this is no longer an it factor how long do you say it's been trading 10 years 13 13 it was the white this paper is, yeah it was released in 2009 january this is, not, this is not it factor anymore this is the real deal and mm -hmm. for me to say that about bitcoin is tough and yep. i've had to come to terms with it it's not going anywhere 
And if it's been around for a decade and a little over a decade, it's, it's going to be here for another decade. Mm-hmm. And um, the big, you said a quote uh, that really stuck with me is your biggest regret will be not investing in it. And yeah. uh, that's what really pushed me into making that big dump into it. And it's lost some and gained some. And I, 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 I don't even give a shit about it anymore. I'm just letting it do yeah. its thing. So. And I think time horizons are, are key in knowing what the nature of the asset you're investing in. You know, people like yep. to say crypto and it's like a catch-all term, Bitcoin and all these other things. But that's, that's what I use. That's, that's what I, that's dumb, very, dumbies and I like use that too. Because that's been oh, around. Um, that's been like the kind of the marketing around it and they've been associated, but that couldn't be further from the truth, right? There's the use cases in the, the crypto industry are vast, right? And so, so not all of them do the same things and they're not all competing for the same market share and they're not all trying to solve the same problem. So it's really important to understand what those problems are. And I always direct people back, understand Bitcoin first, and then right. you can branch out if you want to, but you don't necessarily need to. Like, talk, if we talk about Bitcoin, there's a quote from, um, I guess, Warren Buffett that's, if you won't hold something for 10 minutes, don't hold it for, or yeah, if you don't want to hold something for 10 minutes and don't hold it at all, or yep. no, 10 years, 10 years. If you won't hold something for 10 years, don't hold it for 10 minutes, don't hold it at all. One of the wisest investors in the world. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, it's very, very hard to, when you zoom in to, uh, be good at playing the day-to-day fluctuations, week-to-week, month-to-month, because irrational things happen in the market. Wild things go on, and you could have no prediction. And if you're trying to play these small moves, this is something I didn't get to with the, the, uh, with the volatility in crypto. Crypto allows you to be leveraged 50 or 100 to 1. So there are lots of cases where there's a huge jump up or there's a huge jump down because you have these cascading, um, basically cascading liquidations that happen on shorts or longs because people are leveraging up in the system. And they're trying to play these daily, um, these daily movements or weekly movements. And all it takes is a piece of news to hit. Like you, and the way you can test this is just look what happened to Meta, right? Their stock dropped by twenty five percent. This is a traditional equity, right? One of the big ones. And yeah. if their stock can drop by twenty five percent in a day, right? And they're you know traditional and and seemingly more less risky, right? Imagine what can happen when news comes out that's either counter or pro something like Bitcoin, big news. That, well, Elon Musk is the one that dropped the price of Bitcoin for me. Can, it, he contributed to it. There's a lot of factors that add up. Well, me and him have issues. He was my hero until that moment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I was a big proponent of Bitcoin and I was making money and I was feeling great. And then mm-hmm. he sent out that tweet about energy or something and it just, it just plummeted. And I was like, yeah, so just, I rode the wave down. It was like one of you know one of those cat videos where there's a thing on the edge of the table and the cat just is like pushes it off. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That, yeah, that's exactly because well, what happens is like what you get is like a buildup of you get builds up of fud and excitement in these markets because sure you know, a lot of the the technical analysis and stuff works only because people believe it works only to the degree that people enough people believe that it works that people are looking at the same things in trading because we're humans looking at this market and it's a market catered to humans wants and needs so it's something to consider in these in these times like right now people are excited so there's there's a little bit more positive momentum and feelings injected into the market for 10 years well (laughs) that's the star power of crypto but that's the star power of crypto innovation is always met with conflict i mean seriously Innovate that quote is so true. Innovation yes. is always met with conflict, and the older generation is going to hate the newer generation because we're creating new stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, people even hated on Elon Musk for creating a car company, and they're saying it's an anti American car company. It yeah. was built in America. Yeah, it's the most American thing he's. He's done. What are you talking yeah. about? The most un American thing is going to Mars. 
So stop like hating on Elon Musk. I still love the guy. I mean, yeah. it, he just lost me some money and I do blame him if he's ever on my show. He'll never listen to this, but uh, I get a lot of DMs and I think I had like 65 over the last week about should I invest into crypto? Yeah. And I just say, go talk to Dylan. So yeah, that, that's, that's the reason you're on the show. It's like, I, I'm not an expert in crypto. I, I, I've learned how to make a lot of money through traditional investing yeah. and it works very well for me, but I've met people that are driving Ferraris now at 21 on yeah. Bitcoin and that pisses me off. And I think one key thing um, that you mentioned, so one thing that, that I think you should look into and you, the audience should look into is a book called, I think the paradox of choice. And it's about that explore versus exploit phenomena. Basically, right, when right, you're younger, helps. you explore the world to basically get more experiences so you can yep. better navigate it. But once you're older, you have less time and you savor it. You try to exploit what you already know. And so when a new technology emerges, right, the people that are involved, they're exploring, right? They're testing yep. against everything. It's trying to figure out where it's going. But the older, more established technologies that it might compete with are displaced. They're trying to exploit their markets. So they're going to put up defenses and they're going to be resistant to it because if they adopt this new technology, right, it could change their whole dynamic. And for a larger yeah. organization or larger business, terrifying. they're a lot slower to adopt. And you have this struggle between entrenched powers and power structures, businesses, things like that. Um, oftentimes, they end up failing because they can't move fast enough to adopt the new technology. And the new because the new technology, what it does is it lowers costs for the people that are left out of the traditional or that typical business. And so it allows those people who couldn't compete before to compete to play it's a either, role. It's either acquire or die at that point. And this is where you see, I think Yahoo, they acquired businesses mm -hmm. to the point of bankruptcy. Yeah. Like they were once one of the biggest companies in the world, made the dumbest acquisitions you could ever think of. I'm talking billion dollar yeah. acquisitions of apps to shut them down for no reason. Yeah. And then they, they sold the Verizon for $5 billion. So you're seeing companies that they're going to be very slow or they're going to acquire the mm -hmm. technology to stay ahead. And if they don't, they're just going to sink and sink or swim. Exactly. I mean, and it's, it's really tough too, like for a company like that to, to win just through acquisitions as well as like you demonstrated, you said with Yahoo, yep. because like, you're going to try to shut out competition in the market, but the more you do that, like competition is going to find a way, the market's going to shift and move. And if you can't be a leader in the space, if you're just trying to stifle that, to protect yeah. your own, it's still going to find a way. It's like, you know, in Jurassic Park where um, he's like, life <laughs> finds a way, you know, uh, it's just, all, you know, yeah, it's just always going to, it's just going to play out unless you, you lock everything down and you have complete control over a system, but we don't live in a system like that completely yet, which sure, is, sure. which is a good thing. Um, yeah, I think so. so. So it allows for innovation. That's why a lot of companies, a lot of innovations are born here in the U S that's why China, for example, just copies what the U S does because we have an innovation machine because we allow a little bit more of that free market uh, competition to come into play. And rather than them doing that, they're like, well, we'll just copy and steal it and just close it off and, and you know, build it in our own closed off economy because you just did all the work for us. And so we can just take it to our market because we know it works, right? <laughs> so they do that with like Facebook, Google, all the, all the Amazon, right? They don't allow those companies really to operate. This is why there. I like bringing you on because you can just free ball for hours, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to read this quote to you and you're going to hate it. Um, I don't like it. And the, the, this is a, a anti-crypto guy saying, I don't like it. A global investor, Mark Marbius on Wednesday called cryptocurrencies a religion. Joining a chorus 
of digital coin skeptics at a time when Bitcoin and Ether are trading near all-time highs. It's not an investment. It's a religion. It's a cult. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't fully disagree with that. I think many cryptos, and there is this religious element and religious zealotry involved with some of these things out there. Have you seen the Dogecoin guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's basically a religion. Like people build shrines of them. They have. I was gear. expecting a little different response. I thought the boxing no. gloves are about to come on, like tear no, this no. guy apart. Like, what's <laughs> no, he's not wrong. Shit. I think I think, I think what's imp- I think what's important though is to consider what he, is to understand what he considers an investment and how he defines an investment, and then see if that so pairs up. Old people see an investment if there's not an intrinsic value to it. So, like gold, I can own the piece of gold. Mm-hmm. Whenever I try to explain to my grandfather Bitcoin, he loses his shit. Yeah. Now, I am trading a dollar for a piece of that Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. There is value behind Bitcoin. Now, I don't know how to define the intrinsic value of it, and seniors will never understand this. I promise you. Don't Go go to your grandma's house and try to explain Bitcoin. Everyone yeah. on the show, go, go, go have should. a fun conversation. Go, yeah. Well, it's going to challenge yourself, too, right? It's going to make you- Don't be pushy about it. Don't, yeah. Yeah, yeah like learn about it and- educate people but like don't be pushy you know no one likes that when you're so pushy and you're like well if you don't believe in it you know you're contributing to the downfall of civilization uh, which no, some you, people some people do some of the toxic bitcoin maximalists uh do kind of fall in that camp or toxic any crypto right if you don't agree with their point of view they're done with it and i've heard people talk about it and you know there's a place for that in the market right because it's a spectrum of actors in a market right so it doesn't course. have to be all or one there can be um and or right there are you know so I guess either can be and so it doesn't have to be all one thing, especially if you can separate out the different types of cryptos um, and realize they're not all competing against Bitcoin. I like, I like that. I like that. They all have their different niche that they're going after. Isn't Bitcoin the one that uses the most energy or something? Isn't that what it came down to? Um, and ether is like the less energy consumption. So that is a, that is a, a narrative that's best playing out in the industry bitcoin because bitcoin uses something called proof of work so does ethereum ethereum is yeah. moving to a proof of stake system and there's a whole debate going back of proof of work versus proof of stake and, and which is better for what things and what they represent um that's that can be a whole episode but basically yeah, we'll get there <laughs> bitcoin bitcoin secures its network by making it started with a computer right initially right. where you had to solve basically a random number and if you solve the random number you had to use the computing power to solve that. And that would obviously require a computer and electricity. So you're running the yep. computer. It's, it's using electricity to solve this number. And if you solve the number, then you get to be the one that records the block, you know, the, the information get, of all the transactions. Piece, piece of the action. Yeah, every 10 minutes, you got to record that 10-minute block onto the blockchain, and you got a Bitcoin reward. That's crazy. So as more, as more um, computing power went to the network, Bitcoin has this interesting thing built into the protocol that's called the difficulty adjustment. So it actually adjusts because you can imagine if you take a laptop and you mine Bitcoin back in the day, yep. right? well, just what if you got a faster computer? Well, then you could always win the random number because it takes basically it's a brute force algorithm. Almost. Well, now so, I see these data centers. And yeah, it's evolved to that because more and more computers went onto the network to compete. And yep. it, it got more difficult to solve the problem. I think Why this, can't this we go back every in time? Weeks. We should be able to go back in time and just have two M1 MacBook Pros just doing all the mining. Oh, for I us. know <laughs> that'd be that'd be pretty great. I, uh, I spoke pretty publicly. I had uh, like ten bitcoins back in 2014 on the dark net we're not going to explain why they were on their silk road that's all right. shout out to the silk road but yeah and i lost them and they were worth 
I don't even know what that'd be today, like a, nearly a million dollars or something. So yeah, that, and, that, yeah. Well, I, I think that you bring up a good point because that that's also part of the narrative. So back to the energy, I guess energy, and then the narrative about the dark web. So I think it's important. Um, so energy with it, so it uses up energy. So the more computers that try to compete for it basically the higher the hash rate, which is the computing power sure. on the network, um, the more energy is required. And there was a fear that it would require so much energy that, that energy would be diverted away from other industries, other resources, things like that. What's happened is actually the machines have become more and more efficient by orders of magnitude. Um, okay. uh, that You can go look up the Bitcoin Mining Council, and it's just a coalition or like a cooperative group of different miners, and they put out a report just kind of being transparent with what their data is, uh, just being more openness and transparency to the industry. And they use, and what's happened is that back in 20, 2009, renewable energy, and I worked in oil and gas, it was kind of a joke when people were like, renewables, oh, wow. renewables, renewables, they just yeah. weren't efficient. They, they weren't, they weren't set up right, and they're still not that efficient, but they've gotten more and more efficient. And the, the cost of renewable energy has gone down substantially. So what has happened is Bitcoin miners can plug into these renewable energy systems. And now over 58% of the network, according to the, uh, the Bitcoin Mining Council, uh, over 58% of the network uses renewable energy to produce Bitcoin, making it one oh. of the cleanest in, in, um, no, industries in huge. the world. That's yeah, really huge. And that was actually part of what Elon Musk was saying. He's like, I don't want to uh, accept Bitcoin until it's over 50% sustainable because it was plugged into coal plants and things like this, these power systems. All um, right, Elon that, Musk, that I'm no longer mad at you. No but the energy is important. Uh, if you, and you can dive down this rabbit hole, but the energy that it takes to, to support the network is actually very, very important and essential to it. It's not a bad thing. Right, it's not a bad thing that it takes a lot of energy because that means it takes a lot of energy or even yeah, more energy to take over the network I, to hack the I'm network. all about electricity and burning electricity over gas, like I like yeah. fossil fuels. Like, I, I don't understand why, you know, I think Bitcoin is comparable to Elon Musk, what he did with Tesla because, like, he said, I'm gonna create the sexiest electric car mm -hmm. in the world. He did it, it became the fastest or the number one selling car ever or yep. whatever. He did the impossible, right? Yep. And then we see Ford, they come out and they say, we're going to stop making gas powered vehicles. Yep. Like we're heading into this new generation of technology. And it goes to that point that you brought up earlier is that these, there's early adopters and late adopters and the biggest companies are the late adopters. They mm -hmm. have no choice. That's why yep. the Ford Lightning doesn't look like a spaceship like uh, the Tesla does. It looks yep. exactly like a Ford F-150. There's yeah. like literally no difference besides you plug it into your wall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, the, the bigger companies are going to be slower to move in this, and they have to be, right? Because but Starbucks said they were going to do something with Bitcoin. I'm still waiting for that. I haven't, I haven't heard that. I know, you know, maybe in El Salvador or some of these countries where it's more um, used as a, as a oh, payment channel, mechanism. Channel Sponsor is the new Minions <laughs> movie uh, coming out next month. Love it. That's cool. I'm going to send him an invoice that they didn't really, but I'm sending him an invoice for saying that. Yeah, I, I gave you that. free free publicity. <laughs> yeah, well, no one watches our YouTube channel. They just listen to the podcast. So that's all uh, right. I, I guess I, 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 YouTube hates me. Uh, Instagram hates us, but Apple loves us. They love they loved your episode specifically. So we we got to make sure we can keep this going. Now, okay, so here's we got over that religion talk. I, I, I disagree the dark, the dark with it. Web. I, the religion, yeah. Oh, the dark web. Yeah, let's talk about the dark web. It started on bad foundations. And what I mean by that is you get this guy like me that, you know, it's only 200 bucks to buy these. And I can order 
stuff to my mailbox and I'm young and dumb and full of stuff and you know and I was doing it and 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 I had no idea what Bitcoin was I I was like this is the weirdest thing there's a PGP code I have to encrypt this like what is this nonsense but I had 10 of these suckers that when the site shut down and I was like whatever I lost a couple thousand dollars little did I know you know, five years later, like it's worth It'd be a lot more. Thousand. Yeah. And so it started on very bad. Uh, it was off to a bad start because people yeah. immediately associated Bitcoin with drugs. Yep. Am I wrong? Uh, the, so that was a narrative that was run in the beginning um, because it was used for that because oftentimes innovation and learning comes from the fringes, right? Um, and, and this is very important, I think, to, to realize and learn, you know, so it's all goes back to the hero's journey myth. And I kind of think about this in a, in a weird way where like, if you have a circle and the circle is white, that represents knowing everything within the circle, right? It's everything's filled up outside that white circle. There is black and abyss right. that represents yeah, no. all the potential things that c- could go into that circle. If that circle expands, but you don't yet know it. Right. And on those fringe edges, it's kind of gray. That's a good right? analogy. And, and, and that's like, you're turning what, what's happening when the hero's journey is basically like the hero is in the stable society that's starting to break down because it's it's growing old and stale um and then the heroes called to action they have to go out to the abyss they go out into the abyss they face trials and tribulations right. right they have their struggles and when they come back right they, they overcome those and they, so when they come back they're basically bringing new knowledge and new information in a way and they're basically teaching people how they can follow that same path to venture right. out to where they've ventured out so they're bringing new information so if you're living your life and you're just, and this is what I was, where I was at. I was in a traditional university going down like the traditional, like consulting job route. So I was very much in that, like, you know, white circle, right. It wasn't really groundbreaking anyway. I wasn't on the fringes at all. So I, and I was like a kind of a straight edge kid. Like I ran track, so I couldn't, I couldn't. Yeah. You were telling me this. I I, I was the opposite. I was the fringe. So I didn't dabble in that space and my peers didn't dabble in that space. So I had no idea what that was. But the people that did, that were on those fringes, that were willing to kind of go out, that weren't necessarily in that like, you know, that that white circle, basically, um, they were able to go out. Uh, they got exposed to different stuff, and of course, there can be a cost. There are dangers when you operate the fringes, but that is the opportunity to learn something new as well. All the opportunities out there is always met with conflict and there's always risks with innovation. Elon Musk, I think he got sued like 300 times last year. Oh yeah. I'm just saying innovation is met with conflict guys. And I love this analogy of the circle and the fringe because the most successful companies operate outside of that space, outside of that white circle, then they bring it into the norm. And if it has to come from ugly beginnings, well, Think about the Roman empires. We just slaughter people to get gold, right? Yep. Like that's, it was kill or be killed. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's how the world worked. And it's really nothing's different. It's just, there was a drug website and they created Bitcoin and Bitcoin was the transactional uh, method of buying it. And uh, did I take part? YouTube, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> you know I'm not gonna you knew about it. it, you knew about yeah, it. I, I knew a lot about it, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even, I think there's a grandfather clause. I think I'm good. Probably, but you know, I don't know, but Bitcoin itself, it's it's amoral, right? It's a technology, it's a tool, right? right? Just like the fiat dollar, just like a gun, just like a knife, whatever it is, it's a tool, right? It's how you use the tool that, um, you know, that that impacts that determines whether it's good or bad or evil or, or whatever you want, you want to call it. So it is amoral. So it, it can be used for good and it can be used for bad. Um, 
So it's just up to you okay. on how you want to use it and how you want to engage with it. I think you'll like this part. This is uh, why you should invest into crypto. So I did give you some credit and found good articles. All to, right. to And maybe you disagree with some of this stuff, right? Uh, cryptocurrencies have been described as a transformative technology that could revolutionize a number of industries. So do I agree or disagree? Whatever you want. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I think there are elements of it. I think there's a lot of marketing hype and scams and cash grabs and uh, products that don't fit the, fit a market. So we're basically, it's like basically having a new ecosystem boom and you have all these small species and creatures pop up, but over time, the best ones are going to win out, right? The ones that adapt the best and have the best fit in that environment. So over time you'll have less and less creatures, but you'll have more, more established ones. And you so get I excited say- thinking about like when the dollar is gone, like I had a thought last know. night of this virtual reality life and like, I take Ambien to fall asleep, so I'm always waking up with weird thoughts. And I, I was like, one day the dollar is going to be nothing, like, and it's going to be this, this, this crypto stuff. And and it, it kind of got me excited. And maybe yeah. you're pulling me to the dark side or the light side. I don't know yet, you know. And um, but I didn't mean to cut you off. It's no, just no, like, that's I, 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 that's what the movies displayed in the in the future. You'd have credits, right? And like. Yep. Like since Star Wars, I mean, like Star Trek, like we're now we're going to Mars, guys. This is like we're moving in the future. I always tell people I wish I was born 100 years from now. I want to ask you that same question. If you could be born at any time, where would you want to be born? Oh, man. Um, do I know you, what I know now? Or I just, yes, you know, you know what you know now. Oh, man, I might go back. I might just go back to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, basically when I was born, maybe maybe knock a few years off. but. Right. Yeah, it, it, a few it, years but later, you, but, but but you can't carry the knowledge with you, is what I'm saying. Oh wait, so I so, I mean, if I yeah. went back and, and like could buy Bitcoin and get it in no, 2009, you, you don't know anything. You so you can't take it with you. You can't take your yeah. knowledge with you. Okay, okay, okay. Um, that's a different tough one. question. Yeah, yeah, it changes it. That changes it because I, I don't necessarily think I would. I'd be disappointed being born the same time. Like you know, maybe maybe. Being, if I've thought about this, if I went back to like the 1800s or something like that, it could kind of be cool. But then you I could see you up. doing duels and riding yeah, horses, and all that stuff. Doing. You got to ride horses around. Like, it's it nice that we have cars with the air conditioning, music, and stuff people, like that. Like, pop, pop, pop. I can see yeah. duels with duels. I can see you, man, with the cap on. And um, no, I mean, uh, I, I'd try it out. I'd try it out. I think I wouldn't be bad at it, but I, you know, like we have it pretty, pretty good. good. We'd be like, you'd be like uh, Nikola Tesla, you know, you'd be the Nikola Tesla of back then. I always say, I I wish I was born a hundred years in the future, just because of space exploration. I just, I would love to die on Mars. If I had a ticket today and Elon said, dude, it's you, I applied, they laughed at me. So I applied to die on Mars and uh, I wanted to be a part of Mars one. And then, you know, I would do it. I would do it. I would, I would yeah. immediately today leave Earth and go die on Mars. I, I would totally do it. Like, I just wish I could be born a hundred years from now because technology is the most exciting thing in the world to me. And to be a part of, we're we're in a very interesting part, but we grew up in it. So, like, yeah. I was a part of the dial-up stage. Now we have kids that are born with iPhones the next generation is going to be born with, with the knowledge of us on Mars, you know? So it's, it's not going to be exciting to them. 
which yeah. kind of sucks. And that's where it's always like, well, back in my day, the grandparent story, we we had these kind of phones that you had to push and plug in. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, that was the standard and they got introduced to technology. But I don't know, I'd say 20 or 100 years in the future for me. I mean, I, mean, but, I think that's a good point. I think you bring up something that's, like, I guess I, re- I can relate in the, wanting to be in an age where there is a sense of adventure and exploration. Like you're, you're discovering something new outside of the earth is my goal. And I think like the current age has been the technological innovation. So you're discovering how like to optimize communication methods and all this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Data and stuff. So it's very like, it's still within the earth before the the tech. Yeah. Before the technology age and zoom before the technology age, I want you to go out and, and like, well, Hey, what's West of us. Right. What's out there? What's over those mountains? Like you had to go discover yeah. new physical land. And I think like what you're saying is like in hundred years in the future, there'd be this adventure where the technology combined with the then discovery of what's what more is out there. Here's my physical exploration with our technology age today is this this phone right here has all the information to get a bachelor's or a master's degree in anything I want to get, but kids are instead posting TikTok videos. And yeah. it's pissing me the hell off. And it's like, I, I listen to about 150 books a year. And um, I, that's what I do with my iPhone, you know, and I, I can start a business with just this. Like, how crazy is that? And people yeah. are misutilizing it. And they're just spending time on YouTube, watching dumb videos, TikTok and all that stuff. But we have the power to do anything we want in our pocket. And I think it's making us dumber. I think our generation before us, the millenn- not the millennials, what are they called? What's the 2000s babies? Are you Gen a 2000s X. baby? Oh, so there's, there's a Gen You're not Z. A two- Gen- what, no, are no, what are you? I'm in the 90s. Okay, good. So we're yeah. cool. All right. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to talk crap on you. Yeah. So the, the, the generation in the 2000s, I think they're getting stupider. I think yeah. they're getting more inintelligent. I think they're not utilizing the power that they have in their pockets. I think and I think different. because we saw the technology come, we saw like, oh my gosh, I, I've all the everything I want to know is on here. Yeah, you know, I can go to Google Chrome or Safari and find anything I want to know. Hey Siri, find me this, right? Oh, I hope it doesn't work right now. I shut off the <laughs> Zoom call. It's she's done always, that a couple of times. She's always me. listening. Yeah, and she can. She's my girlfriend, so <laughs> I, I call. I say goodnight, babe, and she says goodnight, John. So, well, there's a <laughs> saying. There's a, there's a saying in Bitcoin. It's like fix the money, fix the world. And Ooh. I think I think something that you know, Bitcoin doesn't fix everything, but Ooh. I think the concept of and something we're seeing world. play out. If you pay attention, and I didn't know about this stuff. I wish I would have known about it earlier, because it's impacting the majority of people. Like if you're wealthy and you hold assets, you've been fine. Um, yep. You've played the game, but the fiat money, where everything's based off, that's like the base layer money. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, it gets it's corrupted. Right, some okay. Group of, you gotta you gotta define fiat money so fiat, because I've so had, fiat money I've had about like, five people reach out and ask about you because you said it on the last show. Okay, and I, why are they guys? You have Dylan here, <laughs> like go follow his ass and ask him yeah. directly at Dylan M Bradley. Um, Thank you. I don't know why yeah. it's not showing on this. Uh, but so basically, uh, and th- that's actually a good thing they're asking about this because I didn't know what fiat was. I didn't ever think about it two years ago. It's basically like money by decree. It's just paper money that used to be tied to like a value of gold, 
but it was easier to move paper around. Um, so they used paper and said, hey, we have like a ton of gold back here. This paper represents that. Then they started printing more paper and saying, hey, now, you know, instead of one note e equaling, you know, a tenth of a ton of gold equals a hundredth of a ton. And then they, they kept doing that um, and, and seeing the paper out because paper is easy to transfer back and forth. But basically, the right. government says you have to use it. You have to use it as a, as a medium exchange. You have to pay your taxes in it. Um, and crypto that kind of challenging stuff. that. And the thing with fiat money is the way it was set up, it, it was useful when it was created because imagine having to pay for everything in gold. That just wasn't practical. And that people tried that all. for years, but there's all these pitfalls. And so it's very good to study the history of money. Check out um, the Bitcoin standard by Saifa Dian Amus. Um, it's a really good book. He breaks it down, uh, but it's just good to understand the history of money and, and like why Bitcoin. Um, but anyways, fiat money, the government, basically a group of guys and girls, whatever, like a group basically decides how much money they want to print each year. And they're like, so you have, you have people, a, a small group of people and, and, you know, they, they have to, you know, respond and they have to, to politicians and all that kind of stuff. But you have this small group of people that basically controls how that tries to influence the whole global economy. And you know you what happens really, when they print more money though? It's like, whatever you have in your savings account gets to pull down and you're, you're yeah, losing no, one or 2% a month. I tell people like your money is not safe in a savings account. Yeah. It's got to be working 24 seven. Now you could have like three to three to six months of like you know cash okay, on hand. Sure, whatever. Yeah, I get you know that. that. I get that. Yeah, I get but, that. Yeah, but you don't want to save like you're not in, don't don't have, I have large a friend sums of money that has a million dollars in his savings account. He's lost forty four hundred thousand dollars over the past two years, roughly, in purchasing power. Think right? about that. <laughs> like for just one second, that statement Dylan just said, guys, investing is not a, It's not. That's what the banks want you to think. They absolutely do because they're making money as it's in there. And that money that you put in there is being used to cover other people's expenses. Yep. It's not your money at that point. Technically yeah. it is, but when it, you find it, out real, you find out real quickly when you try to buy something that the bank doesn't agree with um, crypto is one of those things. I had a client that they literally wanted to buy a ticket to this event. They know the founders of the event. They wanted to buy okay. a ticket because it had Bitcoin in the name of the ticket. The bank wouldn't let them process that transaction. They wouldn't let them spend okay. their money. So, I, I use I got kicked off a of Coinbase. My bank won't let me tr trade on yeah. Coinbase. So and Coinbase realize, told me I can never do any transactions on their account and, anymore either because of my bank demanding that I stop. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that's, you, that was just a couple out, days ago. You find out real quick that um, you know, your bank is not on your side, they're on their side. And well, of they, course. Yeah. yeah, of course. And, and so you realize you don't have control of your money, especially if it's in if it's in fiat. Right. Yeah. Then the government prints more, which they presented printed 40% of all money in existence over the past like two or three years. Um, inflation's at all time highs. The stated number is 7%, but it's two to three times higher at least. Um, I saw Gas an article is $5 the other $5 a gallon, guys. Yeah. And I saw another article saying houses are going to go up 16% in the next year because money is rushing into these um, scarce, desirable assets. It's monetizing those assets because in a high inflationary yep. environment, your dollar is going to be worth less tomorrow. It's going to be worth less the next day. So the rational person, even if you don't fully know, you're like, I need to spend this. I need to put this somewhere else because I'm not going to be able to get as much tomorrow or the next day. That's a problem. So the so, people that so are what, smart what, that have what's excess. The, what's the answer to that? I mean, that's a big statement, what you just said. Well, so the people that have excess, what they do, the traditional game is because they know the value of their dollar. And so right. going down over time, they put it into things, or at least the, their investable dollars, into things that will not go Real down state. like that. They'll go up 
Yeah. That's why real estate, we have this bubble in Utah right now. And basically people from California tech startup entrepreneurs are buying all the houses in Utah sight on scene. They're not even coming out. Yep. Because it's an asset and they know it. if everyone else is doing that, there's a scare, there's a limited supply, the speed at which yep. they can make houses compared to the speed at which they can put money into the houses will cause an increase in prices just by that got, difference. Yeah. I got three X for my house for two years. Yep. But the That's problem insane. is a problem that is happening is that, um, and, and this is, I talked about, maybe I talked about this a little bit in the other podcast we did, but maybe. you have the fiat system, the system that yep. we've all kind of grown and gotten used to the things we think are normal. Yep. Then you have the Bitcoin system. The Bitcoin is an escape valve. It's an alternative system. The way it operates is completely different. There's only 21 million Bitcoin. You can't make more of it. Right? So it's that. a fixed supply. So it, the dynamics, it's like the dynamics of that will be different. It's like um, if you've seen um, Interstellar, right? Or any, any movie oh, where like, someone movies. goes to another planet. It's like it. the, the rules governing that planet or universe are di- more so universe, actually. The rules governing an alternate, alternate universe aren't the same as the rules here. Right. So the Bitcoin universe has different rules. And so the way things will evolve businesses, the way people operate in that will be different. So when you know that, you have to start questioning what's happening in this fiat world, right? You have to start seeing the, the basically seeing the matrix, seeing what's around you, and then see how Bitcoin solves some of those problems, right? And that's kind of one of the reasons why it's important to have some exposure to it, because it's like an insurance policy against the, the continual printing of money and the collapse of the fiat. The, it, and the fiat it's system, going to collapse. There's going to be a collapse because you have a it's system that's, that's predicated on infinite growth with finite resources. So how, do you, how are you supposed to have infinite growth with finite resources? Pretty soon, yeah. you're going to be pay, getting paid a million dollars a year, and you'll still be in poverty yeah, because the value of the dollar has decreased that much. Yep. House yep. will be worth a trillion dollars. But so would you mean, say it's comparable to gold? Because gold has a cap limit. We can't make more um, gold. It's like digital gold, but better. So it's okay. so gold. I think gold's uh, inflation rate is like a one and a half to three percent per year. Um, okay, that's one of the reasons why gold was adopted as like the sound money. Um, that's where sound money came from. Is like the sound of a coin that was that was gold that was real. Um, yeah, made the right sound. So gold was adopted because it was the hardest money to corrupt. If you look at the history of money. Anytime a form of money that was easily corruptible was used, um, it immediately the economies immediately collapsed. So glass okay. beads, for example, were one that was used by you know after who who it was, but a tribe, a tribe back in the day used glass beads because glass was rare. The beads took a lot of work to make. Well, when the Europeans came over from basically a new a different world with different levels of technology, and they're like, oh, you're trading with glass beads, right? But well, we have a bunch of glass beads, you know, take our glass beads. And initially, it's, tri- it's memorizing how much history, you know, did you, it, was that your major? Uh, I did study history, but it was a, okay, it was a, it was a minor. Sense. It was a, yeah. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the full minor. I had like one well, class. Away. Apparently you took a lot out of it. If you know all this stuff, man, I mean, they, they talk a lot about the Bitcoin standard. Yeah. yeah. So it, you were talking about the uh, safety of it. Here's another key takeaway of why you should invest. It's because it cannot be printed or seized. Cryptocurrencies may also provide a safe store of value. So yes. that's huge because my bank account gets smaller every time we print more money. Yep. We can't do that power. with cryptocurrencies. Not all of them. So big, I would say focus on Bitcoin specifically to, to what you just said there. And then, okay. and then if you're, if you're curious about other ones, see how that applies because some of them, right. Um, Ethereum, for example, Ethereum is trying to be different, different things. Bitcoin has kind of claimed the store of value 
um, position in the market. There's not another competitor that can, can really compete with it. Um, if, you look, if you look over the time frame and everything, like you'll get ones that go up in value more over a year, but that's not necessarily representative of being a good store of value, right? Of course. Um, Ethereum, for example, uh, it wants to be like this world computer. And they built into their pr protocol an unlimited printing of Ethereum. So the supply on Ethereum isn't fixed. It will constantly be printed. Part of that is how it operates because it has, um, you know, they have a burning mechanism to where if every transaction, a, por a small portion of that transaction is sent to be burned, basically taken out of the supply to kind of, their goal is to give it a deflationary uh, supply um, based on how much people use it. But it's different. Um, and I'll so tell you, when I, when I buy with crypto, I feel really safe because I learned it has to process a bunch of different, it goes through a process before yep. the transaction is complete. And for some reason, I'm a top secure guy. I love that. It just yep. feels really good that it has to go through all these secure processes. And that's, that's mining, right? Someone's My, solving mining, that equation for me. Mining proof of stake um, is Got the it. other one. And, uh, yeah. and so one thing, if you're, take, if you're talking about payments in crypto, the, the benefit of that is there aren't chargebacks. It's a send only. So yes, like yes. once someone, so if I sent you 500 bucks, like, I can't go yeah, to go my bank and, and be like, if I send it to your wallet, I can't go to my bank and be like, hey, can you reverse this charge? Because I don't like John anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah, some, some people will literally do that to your business, not because you delivered a bad product, but they're like, I don't oh, like I what get they it said. all the time. I get all the time. I, I get yeah. reverse charges all the time. You, you can't, can't do, do that with crypto. Well, I'll it's, tell you what, I, I've sent crypto to, um, to wrong addresses plenty of times. And it's gone. It's gone. It, yeah, no, I mean, thousands of dollars. I think yep. I, I got, I got scanned on this one thing for, for one thing I will not disclose. And, <laughs> and it was, I sent it and like, it was a mirrored site, just completely, just, it's not my money anymore. It's gone. <laughs> nope. Nope. So be careful. You know, it, it, I, I think it's the most secure platform to exchange any type of value and you can put value on cryptocurrencies and I'm sick of having these arguments with old people saying that you can't. Yeah. I mean, because they don't necessarily understand the, the value that it brings to the table, but most people don't No, And that's a good thing. It's a good thing because you're early thing for people like you because mm -hmm. you're and people that are listening to this podcast and exactly. having the luxury to speak or listen to you because I, I'm telling you, you, you had our most listened to podcast and the most return listened to. So people were going through and re-listening to it. So that, that tells us like, okay, we got to start shifting our conversations more into this because all the traditional investing people don't give a shit about anymore. Yeah. And well, cause I mean, Bitcoin has returned 130 to 170% year over year. I can teach 50 guys how to be rich. Oh, buy Bitcoin. And <laughs> by not buying you Bitcoin is how I can teach them how to be rich. Is what I'm saying. Like okay. I can I can take 50 guys. I have a Mercedes-Benz rule. I think I've told you this: investment, fund money, mm -hmm. and then um, living expenses. And it, it, if you just follow that every week, you'll eventually become rich. And yeah, at Bitcoin, you'll get there a lot faster. There's no yeah. doubt about it. I've seen it, but or you lose all your money like me in panic sale, but you know, you know, what really pissed me off is watching it go up to almost a hundred thousand. After yeah, that 69, 69. Yeah, like, come on, man. Yeah. So I got some key takeaways. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, yep. I, I do have a one. So potential or speculation uh, is how investors see this. I think it's a potential. I, I think it's still a little bit 
speculation from big time investors yeah. like Schwab and and uh, you know Merrill Lynch. I think they're going to spec. They they're always going to call it a speculation until mm-hmm. their people say, "Hey, I'm going to invest into Bitcoin instead of you guys." And yeah, then we're going to see a big shift in the way traditional happening. investing work. It's happening right now. Yep. I got, I got, I got, a, I think I told you in the last episode, I got an email from my investment account saying we're now doing crypto. Yep. And I was like, whoa, whoa. It like took me back a second. It's like, well, now I can't, I can't hate on it anymore. And if I, I'm a big proponent of not doing your own investing. I, it's just, I, I would yep. rather have the guys on Wall Street make the money for me. And I've been very successful at that. And I buy houses and stuff yeah. like that. But like uh, now they're adding crypto and I, it's like I've thrown back a little bit. It's like this is this this means that big, big ass companies are start billion dollar organizations are well, starting to invest in it. You bring up a good point is don't try to do something that you're not comfortable with. Like find someone, let's say you make a mistake, right? Find someone who knows what they're doing and you can trust and go to okay. them, especially in crypto, right? That's this, why I'm helping will... people with the consulting element because, yep, there you, go. you know, I tell this story about this guy who put his buddy told him, Hey, put $15,000 or put money into this asset, this one crypto coin, like a year ago. And he did it. He put 15 grand in that, that crypto asset just so happened to do really well in this bull market. It was not, was it was it worth over Doge? Uh, it, no, no, it wasn't Doge. I'm not going to name it. Um, I made money but, on Doge. But it could be Doge, well, and that's all right. Like, it's okay. That's that's like fun money, speculating money for some things. Yeah, um, yeah. But it turned into over 700 grand. At that point in time, it's like, okay, like, that's not necessarily speculating money anymore. You know, you got to be, you got to, like, handle that, right? Because you don't want to lose 700 grand just like that, unless you're, like, a multi-multi-millionaire or well, a billionaire. Well, it doesn't well, matter. There was the, um, the a comparable example is Kodak when Donald Trump said, um, I'm not a proponent of him and I'm very outspoken about what I believe is right. And I do not like the guy, but he said that they were going to make vaccines out of Kodak and Kodak stock went up a hundred thousand percent or something crazy overnight. And I kept getting texts from people saying, buy it, buy Kodak, buy Kodak, buy Kodak. And I said, no, why would I buy this dollar stock? Go F yourself. And then it shot up to like $800 a share the next day. Yeah. And like every people, every, everyone that invested got, got feds at their door. And it was just like the, did you hear about that? The Kodak? I didn't, explosion? I didn't hear about, I didn't hear about that. Go, one, go Google it after it, because it was yeah. just because of one press release. Yeah. And I should have just, I should have just dumped all that cash into it because it was like, if you could have invested in Bitcoin 10 years ago, it was like that overnight. Yeah. It was the craziest trade ever. And that's like, in that's like hype speculating trade. Like that's like, yeah, it's a risk. I talk, I talk about this in other, in other things. It's like, know your investing buckets, right? Your savings, your investing, right? Your trading and your speculating. And then speculating. money that you're investing into your business, right? Okay, Creating. so Mark so, Wahlberg, I don't, not Wahlberg, Mark Cuban. I don't know if you yeah. know him. He's a very, very poor guy, lives in a trailer park. Uh, <laughs> so loser. Mark, yeah, what a loser on a reality TV show. Definitely yeah, his basketball going down, sucks. It's terrible, you know? Wait, I think they're going to the championship or something. <laughs> Oh man, I don't I don't follow basketball. I'm, yeah, I'm a football guy. But uh, so he said, only invest five percent if you're going to do crypto. Now I really took that to heart, and I believe in what he said. But I've really, as I've developed and learned more about the the system in place and getting information from people like you, I'm changing my position into twenty percent instead yeah. of five percent, and. And that's just because it's not going anywhere. And you, you said it was like 150% year-over-year growth? Yep. 
130, 170. Yeah, we're in that range. That's insane. You know who says guys. the numbers? Yeah, that, that's, that's insane. That's just guys. that's just Bitcoin. Like that that's just Bitcoin. Um, yeah. So and, you got to you got this potential. I wish you would just publish like your your trades, like just so I could, you know, the moment you do it, I can do it too. Like, I mean, but that's not. Yeah. I, I wish I was good enough. That's not me. That's not like my skill set though. Like, I'm not a trader, right? Yeah. So I'll buy and sell. It. I learn about this stuff. Um, but so it's important to know, like, who, like just for you guys' for reference, like I don't do like the the daily trades and all that, like trading and all that's that. That's good. Kind of stuff. I, I I tell people um, not to. Because I, I think you're going to lose more than you win. You will. You will lose more. It'll take time. If you want to be really good at it, yeah, train. And it'll take time to be good. Like fi- find no, someone that's it, really good it, and have It'll take you five years to do it. Yeah. I'm telling you, these stock traders are geniuses and, at and, what they do. What, and why? They, why? A, lot of them, a lot of them are educated, you know, because I was, I was going down a trading route when I graduated school, um, university. I was doing, um, I was looking to do crude oil trading. So options on crude or like natural gas or electricity. Interesting. Um, yeah. So for some of the big, bigger trading shops there, uh, down in Texas and they train you, right. There's systems in place and they put you through like rigorous training and, and like you get to see different things and they, they bring you up through the ranks and then, well, that's they, fun. yeah. So like, there's a lot of money invested into traders. And so a lot of these people that worked at those companies are coming to the market and trading against you. So if you think that you're just going to watch a couple of YouTube tutorials and, and become like, a be stock best, trader, right. It may work in your favor in, in the short term, but over the long term, like those guys will eat your lunch. And they okay, are. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I've, I've been a part of some of these Facebook groups where they, they, they're they like, oh, we're going to the moon with this one yeah. and some penny stock of gold or whatever. And and I, no, I lost more than I won. And, and I was just, I had enough of it. And that's the, I decided I'm not a trader. Yeah. And these, they, they play against you. What do you think they're doing? Of course, they're going to play against you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why I keep my money with Charles Schwab. They they get a commission when I make money. I mean that that that's incentive. I like that. I and, like and people he, that are incentivized to make money by making money. And they have you know they have risk parameters in place and teams that look at how much risk is being taken and what investments. And they have whole teams that are backing up their positions. So it's yep. not just one person. And especially in crypto, one of, some of the volatility comes from the the size of some of these assets. Some of these assets that people are talking about on YouTube, like they're only like ten million, twenty million dollars. And oh. if they're talking about it on YouTube and they're, they're talking, like telling you to get into it, they're probably already into it and yeah. want to maintain their position or like cash out. So I have a guy who, who owns a, his wife is an OnlyFans model. I don't talk to the, you know who I'm talking about. He was, I think you were in the group chat. We don't talk anymore. Uh, remember Alex? Uh, no. He's the big buff guy. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So we don't talk anymore. And, his That's wife right. makes like 400 grand a month on OnlyFans, and uh, and he is just trying to. I, he's I think he's panicking. I think his, the whole empire is falling apart on him because OnlyFans almost got canceled. They were yep. going to say we're not going to allow nudity in. And Wait, the point is she, is she of, the sugar mama. Yeah, she, big time. Okay, and he he denies that allegation. He, but you know, and and they're they're spending their money like. Um, like they just won the lottery and mm-hmm. it's going to run out. And I tried to, I hope he watches this. He, he, he hadn't followed me because he didn't like what I had to say. And I told him the truth. You know, you look at 80% of the basketball players, they're broke after yep. five years. And whenever there's new money and fast money, guys don't know how to maintain that growth. And I personally sold a company and spent it on bees and hoes and, and like, and had my fun 
And uh, so I've experienced it on both ends. And that's where having a coach, I think, is so important. I want to tie this back into what your offer is. And Dylan's on the show because you're the only person I've talked to that knows their shit. There is a million gurus out there or self-proclaimed, yeah, self-proclaimed gurus. And they're not, guys. You always see the Instagram ads. Oh, investment, I'll make you rich tomorrow. Now they rented that Ferrari or it's their dad's, I promise you. And yeah. so uh, how do they find you? Can you spell out your, your Instagram handle? Yeah. Uh, it'll also be listed under the channel notes, of course. Yeah, so it's Dylan M. Bradley. So D-Y-L-A-N, M is in Mark, and then Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. Okay, so I have 30,000 invites, or not invites, requests for my personal account. And I'm having a problem with that because- there's a lot of people that could I could probably get verified off of it, but they're they're not people I want to connect with on my personal account. And unfortunately, I was on a popular show, and they showed my personal account, and it sucks. So it's like I'm tempted to have that five minutes of fame, but at the same time, it's like these are my friends and family. You know, I'm yeah. Johnson's dog. Wait, I just did it again. Uh-oh. Well, it's your show. It's your show. So you can talk. <laughs> oh, we can find you. So what I'm going to do is let's defer people. Do you, do you have a course that you sell? Um, so I have yeah. a, I have let's one that's just like that. crypto 101. It's just the foundation. So it's like, if you've ever said, Hey, I want to learn more about crypto about where to start. I recommend you starting. Charging? It's like a hundred bucks. That's um, it? Yeah. Yeah. I make it, I make it very accessible for that one. Cause it's all digital content. So there's a membership site and it's all the things I wish I knew starting out. And I tell you all the platforms I recommend signing up for and going to in case like what John said that, you know, Coinbase says, hey, you can't buy here. You have another platform available. Um, so it's very important to do that. And you learn about the ecosystem that way. So it's one of the best ways to, I recommend getting started is just like getting started and doing okay. the things. And I show you which ones are legit platforms, hundred bucks. So and then my- when, when people ask me, they, they, they talk about you a lot in my DM. So I'm just going to defer them back to that course for you. Yeah, and uh, because I mean, guys, why would you put money in something you know nothing about? Yeah, spend the time they, educating yourself. That's the most important investment when you're starting out. Just take a second, take a breather, and just learn, and then start doing. You know, when I started my first company, all I all I could do was learn the hard way. You know, I went out there with all this ambition. Oh, I'm gonna! It's the next big idea. Come to find out it wasn't, it took a lot of work and I learned by failing over and over and over and over again. It took me four years. So it's like four years of suffering to make a couple million bucks. I look back and I'm like, I don't think I'd do it again. I really don't think I would. And now I'm in a position where I get paid to talk to people. So I, it's a way better position to be in. And, uh, but guys, you got to do your research. If you're going to get into crypto, I'm not going to say don't anymore based off of Dylan's knowledge and his expertise. I put a lot of money into it based off of his last show and just do your research first. Go, go a hundred bucks could save you a hundred thousand dollars. In my case, $250,000. That's a serious statement. So Hi, my name is John. I'm the host of the show. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and push that subscribe button and I might just give my dog a treat. Or don't neglect the poor puppy. Good boy.